everyone, this your girl Lissy Show, and welcome back to Did I Make You Shiver? I hope you guys miss me so much because I missed you even more. And just for that, I'm gonna do a triple threat tonight. I decided to talk about three Japanese yokis, which is another name for spirits, demons, and supernatural. And tonight, I am going to talk about the Oni, the Kitsune, and the Tangle. Basically, the history of how they came about. And nowadays, it may be a lighter view of these three. But back then, they did a lot of destruction. They caused a lot of mayhem that took years and years for the culture to rebuild. So I thought that was so fascinating, but yet so terrifying. <laughs> so let's get into tonight's episode. It is called God of Demons, Yokai Destruction. And we're going to be talking about the three most dangerous demons of Japanese legends. Sit back, relax, and let's get into it. Now, the first demon I'm going to get into is the Oni. And I will tell you just a little brief history of each demon, and I'm going to tell you why they are so frightful. Now, the story goes for the original Oni, Shuten Doji. He was not this big monster that we know today. He started off as an orphan boy. He was very strong and very smart. And people value him for that. But they also believe that his father must have came from some evil, some demonic. At early age, he was asked to hold up to a certain temple and become a monk. However, that life did not sue him as well as they all thought. He was disrespectful, getting into fights with other monks... And he was just lazy with his studies, so he just did not give a fuck about anything. He just wanted to spend all his time drinking and drinking so he couldn't drink no more. Hence, that's how he got his name, Shutton Doji, which is also named for Little Drunkyard. One night, though, I guess you can compare this to the boy who cried wolf in a sense. One night during the festival... Shooting Doji got really drunk and decided, let me play a prank on everybody. So he put on the Oni mask. Now, for those of you who have never seen it, Oni masks usually are about red in skin color. Very scary looking. They have horns protruding out each side of its face. And just big teeth, just like a scary ogre looking monster. So he decided to put the mask on his face during this festival and scare everybody around, jumping out of the darkness, scaring people. After the festival was over, however, he couldn't take the mask off. 
He tried harder and hard, but he could not take the mask off at all. He even went to the highest level and he asked for help. But when he sought out to the abbot, he was scolded for his wickedness. He was mocked, teased. He was basically getting everything in return that he was dishing out. He was fed up. He couldn't take it. His heart became so heavy and mad that he decided to find solitude in the mountains. He was thinking how no one wanted to help him and he hated the world. So his heart became like an Ani too. He left the monastery and fled to the mountains as a hermit. However, he did not just sit there and do nothing. He began to embrace that wickedness, study the black magic. He used his powers to attack merchants and travelers moving through his area. He also kidnapped men and women, drank their blood, and eat their organs. Which each passing year, he grew more stronger and stronger, and he became very violent. But he was not alone. There were others as well that were very wicked, who hated the people as well, and began to flock to his cause. Eventually, these people transformed to Onis themselves. And before you know it, he had his own army, and he felt like the king of the mountain, king of all evil. Him and his thugs built a castle on Mount Oli. He set his sights on wreaking vengeance upon the cruel world, becoming ruler of all of Japan. Now, before I get too deep into the story, let me throw out some other things for you about their behaviors. And Oni possesses extreme strength. And many of them also accomplish sorcery. They are ferocious demons, bringers of disasters, spreaders of disease, and punishers of the damned in hell. They also appear very large and scary, standing taller than the tallest man, and sometimes taller than that. They come in many varieties, but are most common depicted with some red or blue skin, wild hair, two or more horns, and thing like tusk. These demons do not care who you are. They'll do anything to torment you. They would literally take humans, destroy, and crush them. Just imagine bones breaking inch by inch, painful screams, blood splurring everywhere. But this was their enjoyment. Horrible punishments such as peeling off skin and other torments too horrible to describe happened to these people because they loved it. They loved hearing the pain. They loved hearing the cries. They loved torture. They were the epitome of wickedness. So these motherfuckers are people who you play with. These demons want to do nothing but terrorize you and torment you until you just can't take it no more. So imagine a big ogre monster staring you right in your eyes, taking you limb by limb, crushing you, crushing your arms, 
crushing your skull, crushing your legs. Hearing you scream, they just love it so much. So this is what Shootoon Doji wanted to accomplish. He wanted that pain to go towards everyone in Japan. He felt like they deserve it. They didn't help him out. So let me show you how you made me feel. Going back to the story, eventually their kidnappings and murders attracted a lot of attention of Emperor Ichicho, who decided that Shuten Doji needed to be stopped before he became even more powerful. The emperor commanded his bravest warrior to go to the mountain to behead him, to show proof that he is finally to rest. This warrior and his small army decided to go up to the mountain and finally lay these onis to rest. Intelligently, they spiked their liquor, basically, their drinks. And all of Shutun Doji's army fell into a deep sleep. And that's when they felt like they can attack. So one by one, these warriors basically killed every single Oni army that Shutun Doji had until it was just him. The brave warrior eventually cut off his head, but he wasn't fully dead yet. His head was trying to attack everybody in the army, but they were still able to capture his head. They buried his head somewhere long far so he would not arise again. So if you want to know more information about him, do some deep research because this is this is pretty fucking amazing. This this evil entity just was the epitome of evil. He just wanted to destroy. He loved seeing people in agony because he was in agony himself. Next, we're going to talk about a very popular one. And it is called the Kinsun, also known as the shape-changing nine-tailed fox whose evil was only matched by her ambition. Long time ago, she decided to disguise herself as a child and was found by an elderly couple who unfortunately couldn't have children of their own. So they took her in and called her Mikazumi and raised her as their daughter. Mikazumi grew to be an exceptional, talented, beautiful woman. At only seven years old, she recited poetry in front of the emperor, Toba, who was so taken with her that he offered her a job as a servant of the imperial court. Over time, Mikazumi excelled at this court. She absorbed knowledge like a fucking sponge. There was no question she could not answer. It does not matter what it was about. History, astronomy, music, Chinese classics, and more. She knew everything. And she had the most beautiful face in all of Japan. Everybody who saw her loved her so much. One day, one summer, she recited a poetry so strong 
that all the candles in the room went out and all you see is her body illuminating the room. Of course, everybody was captivated, thinking it was the most beautiful thing in the world. But little do people know, it was the epitome of true evil. Once time goes by, they decided to give her name Tomomo no Me. And Emperor Toba already was so fond of her, made her into his consort. But shortly afterwards, the emperor became very sick. Even the best doctors around cannot help him. The highest priest prayed for him to get better, but he only grew worse. Then sorcerers were called to make get rid of all this sickness and hopefully heal him. According to the sorcerers, the emperor was being made sick by someone close to him. They suspected it was Tamamo no Me. And she, of course, was disguised as a fox. But the emperor didn't want to believe that. She was so beloved. How could she be so evil? But in fact, she has been using her magic for evil to shorten the emperor's life and responsible for everything. Basically, one day as proof, the sorcerers told her to join them in the chant to help make the emperor even more better. She hesitated so much, but she finally gave in. So she joined them and started reciting the words, everything. But before you can basically seal the deal, she vanished. She was nowhere to be found. She literally just disappeared. And the sorceress knew it was her. The emperor was so heartbroken. Now listening to this, she might not sound too scary. But trust me, she is very powerful. Before we get into what happened to her, of course, I want to mention some of her abilities. The other abilities that she has include possession, generating fire or lightning, willful manifestation in dreams of others, flight, invisibility, and the creation of illusions so elaborate as to be almost indistinguishable from reality. Some tales speak of Kintun with even greater powers, able to bend time and space, drive people mad, or take fantastic shapes, such as an incredible tall tree, or even a second moon in the sky. These demons are also saying to take the form of a realm. These demons can also take the form resembling vampires or a succubi. And they could feed on the life or spirit of human beings, generally through sexual content. So you have to understand, although she seems so beautiful, regardless of so many of Fox features in the Nine Tales, this demon can literally drive you insane, take you to places that you thought you can never go, and it can only 
be in your own head. Can you imagine having no control of what reality that you see? Everything may seem normal outside looking in, but inside looking out, it can be the worst nightmare of your life. And like I mentioned, she can suck and drain the life out of you at any time. To me, that's terrifying, not knowing what this supernatural being, this demon can do at any time, can appear in any form they technically want. And to appear so nice, so friendly, so knowledgeable, they can turn in a flip of a switch. Going back to the story, the emperor decided to send 80,000 of his men to go hunt her down. News came around that a nine-tailed fox had been spotted in the east, and the army chased her all the way to the plains of Nisano. The night before she was caught, Tomono no Mei appeared in the archer dream, basically one of the best in the army. She was crying. She was pleading, telling him, please let her go, spare her life. Her beauty was so undescribable. She looked pitiful. She felt she can use this to her advantage. But that archer basically said, hell no, when we find you, we will kill you. We will take you in. The next day, they spotted her and they shot two arrows at her, piercing her side and the neck. A swordsman swung his blade at her head. The fox fell. And Tomomo no Mei, life ended. The army returned with the fox body as proof that you can defeat this demon. However, Tomomo no Mei's evil did not end with her death. One year... After she died, there was an overwhelming death in any emperor who took power. This paved the way for a secession crisis that spelled the end of the imperial power in Japan and also allowed the rise of the first shotguns. Now, to end the episode, I am going to talk about Tengu, or also known back then as Emperor Sodoku. Emperor Sodoku rose to the throne when he was just a child. Though official records stated that Sodoku was the eldest son of Emperor Toba, it was an open secret that he was actually sired by Toba's father, the retired emperor, Shirakawa. Shirokawa wielded considerable power behind the throne in his retirement, and he forced Toba to advocate in favor of the young Sodoku, whom Shirokawa could control more easily than the older and more ambitious Toba. After he died, Toba became the power behind the throne. Toba hated Sodoku, whom he considered a bastard son. 
His revenge abounds so the cool by convincing the young emperor to appoint Topa's son as his successor and join him in retirement. Sodoku did so, and Kono, at only three years old, became the new emperor. He was entirely the puppet of his father, Toba. He had all Sotoku's supporters transferred to distant province and filed the capital with people loyal to Toba. Emperor Kone was sickly his whole life. He passed away childless at the age of 17. This sparked a succession crisis between Toba's next oldest son and Sotoku's son, both of whom had a claim on the throne. The imperial court, full of Toba's supporters, decided in favor of Toba's son, Go Shorakawa. When Toba died the following year, Sotoku's supporters attempted to overthrow the young emperor Go Shikurawa. There was a brief and bloody fight, but the rebellion was quickly put down. Go Shikurawa's revenge against the rebels was merciless. They and their families were executed, and Sotoku was banished to province. Over time, Sotoku lived out the remainder of his life exiled, but as a monk. He shaved his head, and he really devoted his efforts to hand-copying the holy sutras. After years of work, Sotoku sent his prayer scrolls and manuscripts to Koteo as an offering for the imperial temple. Go Shukurawa suspected that Sotoku may have cursed the work and he refused to accept them. Instead, he had the manuscripts sent back to Sotoku. Sotoku bit off his own tongue in anger and as he bled to death, he wrote in his own blood a powerful curse against Japan and the emperor. He poured all of his hatred and resentment from his entire life into that curse. As he bled, he transformed into a great Tengu. His nails and his hair grew long, and he never cut them again for the rest of his life. Although Sotoku passed away, his body was set to the side while his caretakers awaited funeral instructions. But after 20 days, his body was as fresh as the day he died. Go Shukawa ordered that nobody should go into mourning. No state funeral would be held. While his coffin was taken to be cremated, a terrible storm rolled in. The caretakers placed the casket on the ground to take shelter. After the storm, the stones around the casket were soaked with fresh blood. His body was finally cremated and the ashes rose into the sky and descended upon Kario as a dark cloud. For many years, death, disaster struck the capital. The emperor died at a sudden age of 23. Eventually, storms, earthquakes, any type of natural disaster you can think of happened in that area because 
of the curse. So as you can see, the tangle is nothing to be played with. They can cause so much mayhem and disaster. They have different abilities that are pretty creepy. Such as they have the ability to shapeshift from human to animal forms. Speaking to humans without moving their mouths. Moving instantly from place to place or as what we know it, teleportation. And the sorcery of appearing uninvited in the dreams of the living. So the tango not only causes disaster within the world, within nature, but they also, just like the kinsum, can cause disasters in your own mind, coming to you into your dreams, causing mayhem. And also, too, like I mentioned, they are skilled at martial arts. They are mischief makers, especially prone to playing tricks on arrogant Buddhist priests and to punishing those who willingly misuse knowledge and authority to gain fame and position. So, as you can see, this curse, it basically showed that you know what because of how he was treated how he was shunned certain people of power possibly all of power will suffer his wrath if you have some type of arrogance some type of evenness about you so it's more of like a I guess you could say catch 22 thing where he is a demon he may cause mayhem but also too those who join in the festivities of that will also be damned as well. Going back to the story, clan robberies of Go Shikawas grew more and more violent. Many of his allies were killed in battles, and the country stepped closer and closer towards more disasters. Finally, in 1180, civil war broke out after five years of bloody fighting the power of the imperial court was drained once again all of this was attributed to the emperor sotoku's curse there are rumors that sotoku's vengeance lingers even today in 2012 when nhk broadcast the historical drama terawa no kimomori an earthquake struck the Kanto region right at the moment when Emperor Sotoku laid his curse. So just to wrap everything up, hopefully you guys can see why I pick these three specific Japanese demons. These demons can cause so much mayhem, so much craziness, so many things such as paranoia, disasters, that these are forces you do not want to mess with. Even though, once again, what I mentioned earlier, today, they may be more tamed down, but just know, this is real Japanese history. And like I said, these are forces you do not want to mess with. Alright you guys, that was tonight's episode and that was God of Demons and that was the Yoki Destruction. Hopefully you guys did enjoy it. 
I enjoyed it, of course, I like always, and I just wanted to give you guys something really good. So thank you once again for listening tonight. Tune in tomorrow for horror meditation. But before I go, I just have to ask, did I make you shiver? <laughs>